Well, good morning. It's different to be in church today. Uh, I trust you're in your homes, as I am, uh, pretty relaxed. Um, everyone should be in their shorts or rug boots or whatever is comfortable. It's been a good time of worship, and we just want to continue with our series on Isaiah as we head towards Easter, uh, particularly looking at Isaiah 50 today. Uh, I think you could argue that over the past couple of weeks, uh, nothing is the plan that we intended. Things just haven't worked out the way we thought they would or might. 2020 wasn't supposed to be like this. Uh, our work is just not the same at the moment. Some people don't have jobs and are unemployed, unable to run their businesses. Others have to work twice as hard trying to keep up. Think of those people in essential services or, or teachers who are grappling with should they be home or should they not be home. Socially, uh, we can't connect in the same way that we always have done. We can't kick a footy with each other. We can't go to the beach. Uh, does it mean I can't go fishing? How do we engage with barbecues? I have a daughter that has a birthday coming up. What's that going to look like? Socially, things haven't gone to plan. Uh, in the government, I'm, I'm sure the government had a plan for the year and, and nothing's gone according to plan. How do you plan for something like this? How do you get through something like this? We need to really pray for our government. They're under a lot of pressure and uh, nothing has gone to plan. Education. All the year 12 students who are working towards university, uh, what does it mean for them? Uh, what does it mean for the preschoolers and uh, children just starting school? Online courses are great, but sometimes you just want to also be face-to-face -face with someone. And you can do that online as well, but it's, it's just changed. Nothing's gone according to plan. Our home life, uh, there's a lot more pressure on our internet data usage now. And uh, I think I'm snacking a little bit more. Our home life has, has changed. We're, we're around one another more. And finally, fear. Fear has really gripped our culture. Fear has gripped us as individuals. Uh, every time we look at the news or speak to somebody, it's about Corona. Um, we fear, uh, you know, not just the medical implications, but the economic implications. There's a lot of pressure in our society at the moment and uh, tensions are high. And it seems to me that everyone's a bit angrier on the road, albeit there's not much traffic. In our series in Isaiah, we are looking at Israel and Israel also were experiencing something that wasn't really part of their plan. Israel was in captivity. Israel was called to be a light to the world, a people uh, who were known as God's people who would worship him and him alone. And part of their plan was to reach the world uh, with the salvation of God. But it hadn't gone according to plan. They were in exile. They were powerless. In exile, you have no rights. You have no power. You have no capacity to really influence your destiny and your future. I reckon some of us feel a bit powerless at the moment, maybe cooped up inside. How long can you stay inside and watch reruns of all the daytime television shows? How long can we listen to the radio, the same news over and over again? How long can we... Go and do the garden. My weeds are growing as we speak. How long can we 
We're just powerless. We're powerless. The hardest thing about being powerless is you still need to choose to obey and surrender. And so as part of our series, we've looked at these actions of comfort. Isaiah 40 starts with God comforting his people. And so we've looked at these actions of comfort and how God is present and tender, how God is uh, all about truth and how truth is important for us to know and feel comfort. Uh, For us to be comforted is to uh, have real help, not just help which is somewhere else or or fictitious, but a real, authentic, genuine help. Uh, Part of having comfort in our lives is knowing the victory, knowing the victory has been won, knowing the victory is coming, knowing the victory has been declared. Uh, Determination is part of comfort when we can... Uh, understand that people are determined to help us. Uh, I can receive comfort in that. And so today, as part of our actions of comfort, we're looking at two more, obedience and surrender. We're going to read Isaiah 50, this passage. And as we read it, I want you to note that God is affirming that things haven't gone to plan, but it's not because of God. It's not because of God that there's this coronavirus happening. It's not because of God that There's all this turmoil, not only in our nation, but across the world. Things haven't gone to plan, and it's not because of God. It wasn't God's plan. And God affirms this to the exiles. And as we read this this passage, you'll pick that up, as well as a fascinating description of God's deep sadness and mourning for what has happened. God is uh, saddened and grieved and Creation shows it. And then as we continue the passage, we'll see the servant enter. And as the servant uh, enters, the servant will uh, show us what it looks like to obey and to surrender. To obey and to surrender one's own will is hard. So let's read this passage together. I find it interesting that uh, in verse 3, this this idea of darkness and being sackcloth and mourning. In many parts of the world, when you want to mourn, you might wear black and you might cover your head. You, you might show people that you're in mourning by the way you act and the way you come across and by what you wear. And black is often associated with death and mourning. And so this picture is being painted for us where creation, God's response to the sin in the world, is a deep, deep mourning. It's hard for us to grasp. So there's a picture of a, of a dark cloud storm. And it just kind of sums up this mixture of feelings of, of angst and, and sadness and grief and mourning and things not the way they should be. Not the way they should be. God mourns our sin. God is saddened because we have not obeyed and not surrendered to him. God is is deeply affected and it hurts when when we lie and cheat and steal, when we act selfishly, when we fail to follow and trust in him, when we look to other places for provision and for care. We do this in all sorts of subtle ways, but this action deeply grieves our Heavenly Father who has called us to trust him and him alone. 
this black uh, sky reminds us of how God is grieved. Our failure to surrender grieves God. And then in verse 4, we, we see the servant entering into the picture. Uh, this servant is clearly Jesus, spoken prophetically by Isaiah. This is a servant who is wise, given wisdom to know how to comfort the weary. When someone's feeling weary, you've got to know how to approach them. Sometimes when I'm feeling a bit weary and, and I might get approached by someone, it can make me angry, it can make me more frustrated. But Jesus is wise and knows how to approach the weary. Are you feeling weary after a couple of weeks of this corona? Is it going to last a month, two months, six months? It's weary just thinking about it. Jesus knows how to comfort us at this time. Jesus promises to comfort us at this time. And as we read on the servant, we have a picture of this closeness. But clearly in a servant-like status, where the servant is woken morning by morning to gain instruction and understanding, to obey. As Jesus, uh, we understand, is, is, uh, has this picture of how God the Father uh, speaks and Jesus surrenders his own will and chooses to obey morning by morning. The servant listens and obeys. Note in verse 6 how this servant is going to go through uh, deep and terrible dishonouring, pain and suffering, physical pain and suffering, mental suffering, but also a dishonouring of identity, a dishonouring of his person. Things uh, mentioned in verse 6 like being beaten and having his beard pulled. I, I don't, wouldn't like that myself, having my beard pulled. It'd be a bit sore, but in the culture of the day, to have your, your beard pulled was deeply insulting. It, it, it was reducing one's status to that of a slave. Being spat upon. Even in our culture, it's not nice to be spat upon. But to be spat upon in that day was one of the most dishonouring things that you could possibly do to someone. The exiles felt this. And so this servant was going to come into a similar situation to where the exiles were, innocently taking on the consequences of sin. The servant recognises, however, that in spite of the dishonouring that's going to take place, that God promises to be his help. Do you believe that today, that God promises to be your help? That God has promised to be my help? God has promised us that he will help us. Do we trust him? Do we obey him? Do we surrender our will to serve the one who promises to help us. In fact, Jesus is so determined that the scripture records that he sets his face like stone. In other words, his mind will not be changed. As James shared this morning, Jesus was defiant to the culture. He was defiant to the pain that he would feel. He was defiant to the pressure that he would feel to give in. He was absolutely determined to obey and to surrender his will. Verse 7 gives us a challenge. What, how do we process this in the light of the coronavirus, in the light of our lives? How can we do God's will now? How can I do God's will when I'm home most of the time? 
What does it mean, determination for you? How can you be determined in your walk with God? Maybe you can be more determined to trust God for your provision and to set your face like stone, knowing that God will provide. Maybe you can trust God for your health and for your safety and for that of your family and your loved ones and neighbours. Maybe you can trust God for your anxiety and your fear, to cast all your fears and anxieties upon Him so that you may know His peace. Maybe we can trust God and be determined to still do good. We have been created to do good works. Even in these times of Corona, Jeff Biley shared a story of how there were some people in need. And as we all know, toilet paper is prized possession and very expensive. Jeff had an opportunity to share some toilet paper. You don't share toilet paper lightly, but Jeff did. In fact, as I think I recall the story, Jeff shared toilet paper twice with two different people. And as Jeff began to wonder if he would have enough for himself, he just happened to drop by the shops and of course he can't get toilet paper. But at this exact point in time where Jeff was in a shop, somebody was coming around with a huge trolley full of toilet paper to restock the shelves. And Jeff took home 48 rolls of toilet paper. Now I'm not saying that so that you all go after Jeff for his toilet paper. I'm just saying that in Jeff's heart, he was determined to do good and be generous. And now Jeff has more toilet paper than what he did before he gave what he had away. I just think that's how God works. In the smallest of circumstances, who would have thought that we would be talking about toilet paper on a Sunday morning? Yet that is exactly what Jeff did to do good. You see, Jeff, as I witnessed in his heart, was determined to trust God knowing that he was called for good things, knowing that God is his provider, Jeff freely gave what was given to him. And, and now Jeff has more than he had when he started. It's important that we trust God and that we trust in his help. It's important that we know that God's won the victory, that the battle we're in, what we're fighting, is not a lost battle. That the victory of God is for us through Christ Jesus. Jesus was determined to wait for the vindication of God. Jesus was, was willing to allow time to pass where he would face deep injustice that would cost his life in a terrible way. Yet Jesus knew that that vindication, God's justice would come at the right time. Jesus endured the cross, the torment of the cross, Trusting in God as the true servant. The true servant because Jesus obeyed even to the cross. A criminal's death, a terrible, torturous death. Obedience always requires surrender. Noting verse 10 that to fear of the Lord means surrender. To surrender ourselves to God. To surrender ourselves to his ways, to his paths and his plans. Verse 10 is, creates this fascinating picture for us where it says that if, if you're in darkness and there's no light, what do you do? Just trust in God and rely on Him. And then it paints the opposite of what you can do, which is to carry around your own torch and try and find your own way and try and take care of yourself. This is deeply challenging because 
In any dark situations, what we want to do is turn on the light. If the power goes out, we want to get a torch straight away. No one likes sitting in the dark. It's kind of weird and, and some people find it really scary. Yet God says, if you find yourself in the dark, do you light your own match? Do you provide your own light? Do you provide your own way out? This is a picture of the depth of there being no hope and no future without God. Imagine just entire darkness surrounding you. Do you try to find something to make your own fire, to light something? And in verse 11, it paints a picture of those who can't surrender, who won't surrender, who fail to understand the help of God. And so in their own hearts, they don't surrender and, and find their own way. And God paints the picture for them in the last part of the chapter. How do we light our own fires in this environment? Well, hoarding. Is anyone hoarding toilet paper? Selfishness is really cool right now. Everyone's got to look after themselves. Is that the way we light our own fire in these dark times? Are we relying on the government to be our light, to provide our needs, to take care of us? You see, without surrender to God, we can't trust him. We can't trust him. We end up doing it ourselves. We end up trying to secure our own fire, our own ways. It's a fascinating passage. The verse doesn't talk about the darkness going away. It simply says to just trust in God. It simply says just to rely upon God. It's like God wants to show us what he is like. And one of the things that God is like over and over again in the Bible is that God is light. And so when we trust in God and rely upon him, it's like God wants to show us that he himself is our light. And if God is our light, then where can the darkness be? The darkness can only run and hide. So where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us to not trust ourselves, to not trust our own strength and our own capacities. It means that we, we truly have to surrender. We have to surrender what we think we can do and what we believe we are able to uh, take care of ourselves and look after ourselves and take care of those around about us. Yes, they're all good things to do, but when we reach the point where we become our own God, how can we surrender to God? When Jesus was on the cross, darkness covered the entire land. And echoed in Isaiah 50, Jesus chooses to surrender his life. But in surrendering his life, the Bible records that Jesus entrusts into the hands of the Father his spirit. Jesus obeyed even to the cross. And Jesus was able to surrender his life because he knew that God was his help. And so even though there was darkness all across the land, Jesus, with his face like stone, determined to obey, surrendered everything so that we might have life. Do you trust God? Are you willing to surrender your life to him? Let us trust God more than what we did yesterday. 
Let us obey God with something new that we haven't done before. Let us also accept the offer of Christ and allow his life, which he gave for us, to become our life. You see, God was his help. And because of Jesus, God is our help. So how can we be determined to follow God during Corona? How can we be determined to obey what God says? How can we be determined to do good works and to continue to worship him and follow him at this time? What can we do? And what is it in our heart that we need to surrender at this time? Those fears or worries or anxieties. Maybe we need to surrender our own life. Aren't we called to do that? Heavenly Father, help us, Lord, to more and more surrender. Help us, Lord, to obey. Lord, you are our hope. Lord, you are the true servant of Israel. Lord, we thank you that you are our help. So, Lord, may we be prepared to do good works, to be selfless and to listen to your voice and to follow you wherever you may lead us at this time. Lord, I pray that we may have a reason ready for the hope that we have to share with people who are struggling with fear and anxiety. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to have compassion upon people around us, Lord. May we be in contact with one another, encouraging one another, stirring faith, in one another. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you gave your life for us. Help us, Lord. Everybody said, Amen.